Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bite Size Cinema. I'm your host RJ McCready and for this episode I'm going to be taking you guys back to the year 1976 to look at Alan Parker's cult classic musical Bugsy Malone. So let's go back to the 1930s, let's play you a trailer and Tallulah, take us away. Hello, I'd like to tell you about a new movie. It's a gangster musical called Bugsy Malone and it's kind of unusual because all the parts are played by kids around my age. Now hold on a minute. I can see a few of you out there choking on your popcorn at the thought of 200 kids in ringlets across the screen. Look, I'm not too fond of kids myself. But this ain't no ordinary kid story. Believe me, there ain't never been a movie like it. Take a look. New York, 1929. Prohibition. Gang warfare. A world of gangsters, showgirls, and dreamers. Bugsy Malone, quite possibly the most unique motion picture for years. Everybody loves that man, Bugsy Malone. And if that isn't enough, Bugsy Malone is also the year's major musical. Fat slams, grand slams. Every year brings a great movie. Every decade, a great movie musical. Bugsy Malone. There's never, ever been a movie like it. Get your heart out, Gene Kelly. And welcome back, guys. So the synopsis for this film is quite a short synopsis here. It's a classic gangster story of Bugsy Malone told with an all-child cast. It's got a 93-minute runtime. It's rated as a suitable movie for everybody to view, and it's a comedy crime family musical. It was written and directed by Alan Parker, and this was actually his debut movie. And he went on to go and make films such as Angel Heart with Robert De Niro and Mickey Rook, Birdie with Nicolas Cage and The Commitments, which is another type of musical, I guess you could say. It's got that sort of musical influence to it. It was funded by Rank Productions for half a million dollars and it made 2.8 million at the box office and it didn't do too well in the US but it did really well in the UK and that's where most of the money was made. But it's since become a cult classic and I don't know anybody that doesn't like Bugsy Malone. It's um, it's a bit of a household name, it's one that I grew up with and um, everybody seems to know the songs to this film and whilst I'm on that, it's, Bugsy Malone is one of those films where a lot of people I speak to who don't like musicals tend to like Bugsy Malone for some reason and it just seems to have reached out to everybody. And even though it's a musical, there's a lot of musicals out there, there's a hell of a lot of them, I would say that Bugsy Malone is unique because it is children playing adults with the gangster theme, the splurge guns, the cars. It's got an awful lot of heart to it, it's got a really pacey story. Uh, there's no point of this movie where I'm bored. Uh, the songs just seem to punch right at the, the right time. 
all the characters are great. The bad guys are really good. The good guys, you're behind them all the way. There's comedy. Um, it's just a really good feel-good film. So all in all, it's um, it deserves to be a classic. It deserves its mark in there. And it's, I think it's reached number 18 in one of the best musicals in in the polls or whatever in one of the magazines. And going back to the production of the song, and particularly the musical side of this um, film, is the actual singing is all done by one person. That is Paul Williams, who is known for playing the character Swarling Fans from the Paradise. And he does all the songs and music to this film. I think he wrote a lot of the songs as well with Alan Parker, so between them they put it all together. And I think the only actor or actress in this film who does their own singing is actually Jodie Foster but again you just when I watch it I just it it does the film justice it works so well and Paul Williams does a great job his, his voice is fantastic in this so let's have a look at the cast for this film so um, pretty solid cast you've got Scott Bayo as Bugsy Malone and he went on to go and do Happy Days after this Jodie Foster as Tallulah, and she already had about 10 um, credits to her name before doing this. She was very well known in Disney. Uh, she was in Robert De Niro's Taxi Driver. And she um, was only 16 when she did this movie, but with all her, right, uh, her credits in other films, she was very capable. And Alan Parker even said, if I went sick, he said I could just leave it to Jodie Foster and she could probably go and direct this film for me. That's how confident he was with her. And um, she helped out of all the other kids on set, so that worked out pretty good. Uh, you've got John Cassis. I think that's how you pronounce his name. He plays Fat Sam. He never acted before in this. Um, Alan Parker went to a Brooklyn school for the auditions. He went to the school and he said, who's your naughtiest kid in the school? And it was John Cassis, and there you go, he plays Fat Sam, does an incredible job, brings a lot of conviction to his character. Um, Florence Garland as Blousy Blown, and Dexter Fletcher, he's known for films such as um, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. And he's now, a, he's doing great in the directing world, he directed uh, Rocket Man. And I think he was producer for Bohemian Rhapsody, so he's doing very well at the moment. But this was his debut uh, movie as an actor, and he plays the iconic character, Babyface. Give this the Babyface, give this the Babyface. <laughs> so there you go, guys. That's uh, some of the cast, just to name a few, and it's pretty solid production. And I've got some trivia for this film. So it was actually uh, filmed in England, it was filmed at Pyramid Studios, and they made all the sets for this movie, so all the stuff that you see on film is all sets that has been built at Pyramid Studios and I think I should know this actually I think it's either based in Chicago or New York but the sets are pretty cool in this uh, they had to use a thousand custard pies um, in the end of this movie and about a thousand gallons of cream for the final shot the um, final bit where you know you could have been anything that you wanted to be uh, the splurge guns actually fired ping pong balls because every, they tried for three weeks to try and make these things fire custard. It couldn't work, so they ended up using ping pong balls and then very cleverly sort of cut and edited it to make it look like it was firing um, cream. After making Bugs in Malone, Alan Parker was actually a little bit unsure about this film. He weren't sure if he made a good film or not, but over the years he has grown to love it, so... Um, 
He has now become a fan of his own movie, and quite rightly so, should be very proud of it. And this is a good bit of trivia for any of you horror fans out there. I know there's a few horror fans listening to the show. So Dandy Dan's butler, and there's a guy who plays a news reporter in this, plays two characters. He actually played the Antichrist in The Omen 2. I never actually knew that, so that's what I love about digging out all this uh, trivia for these films. It's just amazing what you find. Um, and the film is obviously, it's a bit of an obvious one, it is loosely based on the feuds between... Uh, two iconic crime bosses back in the time of the 1930s Prohibition, which is Al Capone and Bugs Moran. So it's kind of loosely based on all the things that they got up to back in those days. And um, the way that very story got put together and the way Bugs Moran got written initially was is actually a story that Alan Parker told to his kids on some very long, boring drives on the way to the beach on holidays and he just told this story about children playing gangsters in the 1930s and he kind of amalgamated the Al Capone and Bugs Moran theme together with that so that's how Bugs Malone got put together so it's actually a story told to children during the road trip so there you go there's um, there's some trivia for the film so let's have a look at the movie let's do a bite-sized review of Bugs Malone and what I'm going to do here is actually um, I played a very, very short trailer at the beginning of the show, and when I had a look at the trailer for this film, it's actually quite, it's got a lot of um, like sound bites for the film. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to amalgamate that into the review because I'm allowed to use trailers. So I'm going to chop that trailer up and use it throughout the whole show. So you'll hear a few bites, which I think will complement the review. So um, let's have a look at Bugsy Malone. So the film starts off in the 1930s Prohibition era and you've got a bobster named Roxy Robinson trying to get away from Dandy Dan's gang. And he goes down an alleyway where there's no way out. And this is all being voiced over by Fat Sam at the time. And he's saying that Fat Sam's time is up. And you get this scene here. Your name Robinson? You work with Fat Sam? So part of Roxy Robinson gets splurged, and then you've got the introduction to the song Bugsy Malone. Everybody loves that man, Bugsy Malone. And then you've got Fat Sam again introducing himself and Bugsy Malone being a boxing, boxing promoter and saying that he is the hero of our story. Bugsy Malone then makes his way to Fat Sam's uh, hideaway where you can drink alcohol and have nighttime entertainment, entertainment and it's called Speakeasy. And you've got the girls singing some songs. Great little song there. And then you've got Fat Sam and he's worried about his rival Dandy Dan who's going to try and take over the control of Speakeasy. So the main building block for this film is the rival between Dandy Dan and Fat Sam. And then whilst all this is happening you've got Blousy Brown who is trying to make a career in singing. And she goes to Fat Sam to see if she can have this big opportunity, this big break. But Sam being too busy with the worries he's got with Dandy Dan, he just tells Blousey, come back tomorrow, come back tomorrow. And that's all she says, come back tomorrow, that's all he ever says. And then Bugsy Malone trips over her luggage and then this is where he meets Blousey and he's smitten with her and he's uh, flirting and he's trying to chat her up. And whilst they're talking, they've got themselves a table together and a drink. 
Dandy Dan's men enter the bar and this is where you get introduced to the splurge guns. And after this, uh, Dandy Dan's men continue this destruction by taking out all of his um, liquor rackets and splurging some of his gang members. So with Sam's empire falling through his fingers, he thinks the only thing I can do is try and get some guns to try and retaliate against Dandy Dan. So he gets a phone call of a shipment of guns and he sends all of his men to the laundry. But they get double crossed and splurged by Dandy Dan's gang. And all Sam is left with is knuckles. And then whilst all this carnage is going on, Blousy Brown is still trying to progress her career as a singer and she goes to a theatre. It's quite a funny scene actually where she goes to the theatre and there's the judges there. And before she goes onto the stage, there's all there's like a ventriloquist act, there's girls dancing, and all you got is a judge going, next, next. And then even before one of the um, performances comes onto the stage, I think it's a woman with a harp, just, before she even plays, he goes, next, like that. And then as soon as Blousey gets onto the stage, she's just about to sing, and then it's a role played by Bonnie Langford and she comes on and she just steals the show so she is blown out the water again. But then Bugsy promises her that he said if I speak to Fat Sam I reckon I could probably get you a, a performance there because I believe in you. So Bugsy and Blousy return to Fat Sam's and this is where Blousy sings a song called I'm Feeling Fine which is a pretty cool song. But by the end of the song Tallulah comes out who's played by Jodie Foster and she's got a thing for Bugsy and she gives him a kiss on the forehead and then Blousy gets a little jealous and storms out and then she's not talking to Bugsy. So Bugsy's got a few problems here, he's got some issues with the ladies but he is the only hope for Fat Sam and Sam hires Bugsy to accompany him to a meeting with Dandy Dan because he says look Bugsy I'm all washed up I haven't got any choice can you help me out? So you get a classic meeting here of Fat Sam and Dandy Dan. You're a dime a dozen gangster, Sam. You're a dirty rat. Who try to um, draw up some kind of um, truce here in this. And this is where you're introduced to those classic cars in this movie. And they are propelled by, they are cycle propelled. They're brilliant. I think they did about 16 miles per hour or something like that. And I always wanted one when I was growing up. I thought they were really cool. I'd love to have one of those cars. But... Anyway, going back to the double cross, um, Dandy Dan, he traps Fat Sam, and his only hope now is Bugsy, and Bugsy comes to his rescue, he gets into the car, and now you get a car chase, and it's brilliant. Bugsy manages to escape, whilst all the bad guys, they just run into a pond or something like that, and they get all their guns wet. And before this, I forgot to mention they drive through like a chicken shed or something and then Fat Sam's covered in chickens and he says, go and cock a do to do somewhere else. But he's really pleased that he's, um, he's got one up on Dandy Dan. And he says to Bugsy, he says, look, there's $200, go and treat yourself to a new suit. And with the $200, Bugsy treats Blousy to a nice day out and have a nice day out in the park. And he promises her that he'll take her to Hollywood to see if she can try and get a big break there. But as he's bringing his car back, his uh, car gets stolen and he gets robbed by a gang and he has all his money taken. But then he gets helped out by Leroy Smith and he takes out all the attackers and he gives them a good sorting out. And this is where Bugsy gets, says, with that punch, you know, you should be a boxer. You ever thought about being box boxing? <laughs> and then Leroy Smith says, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> and then Bugsy says, 
do you say anything else but nope? And he goes, nope. <laughs> so Bugsy being a boxing promoter, he says, you know, I need to introduce you to uh, KG Joe. It will help him with some training. You get this classic scene here where Keiji Joe, he speaks to Leroy and he says, So you wanna be a boxer? And you get this great song here. Put him in the ring, Joe, chicken on a kite. Let me have a wing, Joe, tearing him apart. That chicken will crow. Then he'll call it quits for sure, Joe. Oh, and it's brilliant. It's just fantastic. So then Leroy gets up into the ring. And he has his first punch and there's a guy giving him all the jabs and he's sort of moving out of the way and then Leroy just goes smack and he just takes this guy out just with one punch. Then KG goes, he's got it. <laughs> and then going back to Fat Sam, he tries to develop his own splurge gun and he gets his only gang member left to, uh, to try it out on a cutout of Dandy Dan. But unfortunately it blows up and it takes poor old Knuckles out. And Fat Sam is left there with nothing and he's kicking the cut out of Dandy Dan saying this is all your fault. So Fat Sam has no choice now but to go back to Bugsy Malone and Bugsy Malone now has a plan and he goes to a workhouse to recruit some men and this is where you get this song Ordinary Fool which is a pretty cool song. Don't be a man, you know you can't be certain that you'll lose until you try, so give it a try. And the, re the recruitment of pretty much an army, he follows Dandy Dan's men to a warehouse where they steal a load of guns. So now armed up with splurge guns and an army, Fat Sam organises a, um, a night at Speakeasy where everybody's having a good time. He says, let's just all act as normal and just wait for Dandy Dan to turn up. And then you've got the piano player playing Fat Sam's Grand Slam, Speakeasy. <laughs> Gonna get ya, gonna get ya. <laughs> Great song. Can't help but sing these songs once you get them in your head. So everybody's just having a good time and then Dandy Dan turns up and then you get the final act in this movie where you get thousands and thousands of custard pies flying between everybody. Everybody gets splurged except Bugsy and Blousy. They come out squeaky clean. And even Dandy Dan says... This is getting ridiculous. And there's a funny scene. I've got to mention this guy. It's the janitor dude. Uh, I think his name is Fizzy or something like that. And he actually has a really good song in this. He plays a song called Tomorrow, which is really good. I've got to mention that earlier. And it's funny because he goes into the cupboard and he's trying to avoid it all. And he opens the cupboard door and he's poking his face out. And then he opens it up again. And then this custard pie comes over and gets him. So it's brilliant. And then whilst all this carnage is going on, the piano player just hits the keys and then everybody sort of stops. And then he plays that classic song. Yes. We took the easy way out. <laughs> it's great. And then you've got that brilliant ending song where it's like, you give a lot of love and it all comes back to you. Da, 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 da. I'm not going to sing the whole song, guys, but it's brilliant. The way this film ends, it's so upbeat. Dandy Dan and Fat Sam, they decide that they put their differences between them. They shake hands. And um, some of the people that got killed, they come back. You see all Fat Sam's gang members come back and, you know, they're singing away. And like I say, it's probably the most upbeat ending you're ever going to see. It's a great song. It's just a great way to finish this film. And then you've got Bugsy and Blousy. They leave. They get into the car. And I guess they head off to Hollywood. And 
go and live happy ever after and then you've got the closing credits to this song and it just says the end and there you go that is Bugsy Malone in a bite-sized review if you haven't seen it go check it out I'm sure you probably have I don't know anybody that hasn't seen this film but you haven't seen it go check it out so hope you enjoyed that guys um I will be back soon for another episode of Bite Size Cinema and I'm going to be looking at the another iconic movie, it is Rocky Free. It's actually one of my favourites out of all of them. Uh, number four is pretty good, people like number two. I think in the Rocky movies there's something for everybody but number three is my favourite and it's probably a lot to do with the fact that it's in the 80s and Hulk Hogan's in it with Mr T. So, But anyway, I'll leave all that for the next episode. Um, so look out for that. And as a bit of admin, guys, I am a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network, so go and check out all the other shows on there. I'll play a promo at the end. And you can find Bite Size Cinema on iTunes and YouTube, and I think there's a few other players out there. So that's it, guys. Keep it bite-size, keep it safe, and I will see you soon. show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network like cinema psyops cinema beef devour the podcast duncan and Bo come correct exploding heads horror movie podcast friday the 13th get slayed the hell Ming power hour hello this is the doom show hero hero ghost show kill the cast underwater kaiju from outer space jerry hates action legion after dark mental health obsessive cinema discourse Pick Six Movies, the podcast by The Cemetery, the podcast on Haunted Hill, the Psycho-Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.